0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things
1: geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. This time is a new episode, and we have a great one for you. You know, we don't do summer repeats. We don't do rewinds or best of episodes. I don't know if we'd really even want to do a best of Earth Station 1. That would be a lot of hard stuff to try to find best of. You know, we're all perfect. That's why. You know, it's always a great episode. But this is going to be a fun one to talk about tonight. We are going to be talking about places to see after lockdown. we got some travel agents actually joining us tonight, and we are going to be talking about, you know, what you could be doing over the summer. Things are opening up all around us, and it's going to be real interesting to see what's possible and what's not yet, you know. And we got a great crew to do it, and the man who's going to be traveling himself sometime this summer is right here with me, Mr. Mike Gordon
2: howdy
1: you got your traveling shoes on
2: yes we uh welcome aboard everybody uh set a we are setting a course for adventure we've and, been expecting uh, you yeah we well we we hope you guys show up we, exactly we, we it would be presumptuous for us to really expect you but you know we're glad you're here
1: it would it's always great when you guys are here and I I think this is going to be a lot of fun. You know, tr- summer travel for me as a kid when I was a kid was always, you know, going up to either New York State, going up to Canada, going out to, you know, maybe parts of the Midwest or even going maybe to Disney or such when I was a little kid. But, you know, now, you know, it's a lot different. Life is a lot different now.
2: <laughs> So different. So that's, yeah, that's why, uh, it's great to have, uh, some folks on to talk all about how different things are and, you know, cause now that things are starting to open up, a lot of people have questions, including you and I, so we're going to tackle some of those questions and not everything has an answer, but, um, we're going to see what, uh, where we go from there.
1: It's going to be a lot of fun. And you know what? We'd love to hear from you. What do you guys have planned for the summer? please write us feedback at ourstation1.com. Let us know what you guys have planned. You know, are you guys going to be traveling? Are you staying close to home? Are you, you know, going to be, you know, just going out into the wilderness? Who knows? It's going to be a lot of interesting conversations. And, you know, please, as we always like to say, if this is your first time here, if it's the first time listening to us, Welcome. Hope you guys enjoy. And please, if you get a chance, please subscribe to the show. And if you already do subscribe, tell your friends. Have this be their first time listening to us. We definitely would love to get us going, get us more popular, more listeners, more everything. But you can also to always find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. Earth Station One is there, as we like to say. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeart Radio. Google, Amazon, you got it. We have it. We are there. So definitely you know, give us a listen, as we like to say. Also want to give a big shout out to our ESO patrons. That's right. The ESO Patreon is cranking away, and we have a lot of cool stuff coming to you guys. And you, too, can help support us for as little as $0.25 cents a week. For $0.25 cents a week, you could help say, I helped support the station. For $5 a month... You could actually get, start getting rewards and hear our show 48 hours before the rest of the world. At $10, you could actually take a shot at being in the geek seat. That's right, folks. We have a geek seat victim this week. You, too, can be a ton of fun to talk to also. Hey, and we're talking to you, too. Exactly. We are talking to you, too. We're putting Bono in the, you know, in the geek seat. That would be an interesting situation. But, yes, you too can help help support us. And you know what? We even have a $15 level. And with, at a $15 level, you could actually become a co-host of one of the shows. And, and you know, it's pretty – a lot of fun to talk about with that. And, you know, you could just not be on Earth Station One. You could be on any show on the ESO Network. And, you know, definitely – help support us we help you know give you guys some swag and some lots of fun too so it's pretty cool all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash Network. big shout out also to our friends at tofosi Optics Tifosi Optical the place for sunglasses that's right sunglasses are here for summer As we like to say, you can have the coolest sunglasses on the block because you created it yourself. You pick the colors for the frames. You pick the color for the lenses. And if you have a prescription, you could actually add your prescription to it and you could actually see without having to wear another pair of glasses under your sunglasses. Trust me, I have grandparents who do that, and they look really funny having two pairs of sunglasses on at the same time. So it's just an interesting look. But it's a fuzzy optical you can make your own look and feel and be the coolest kid on the block. That's right. And it's a little bit of a special. If you'd put in Earth Station 1 into the coupon code, you get a really cool 10% discount. That's right. 10% off your whole order, just not one pair like some places do. To Fozy Optics, your place for sunglasses. And now we're here with actor and new friend of the show, Tim McLaughlin. Welcome to Earth Station 1, sir.
2: Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> Great, great, welcome to the station. We are glad to have you. Uh, for those people who might not be familiar with you and your work, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do.
3: Uh, well, I'm a 30 year veteran actor in the industry. Um, I've, uh, I've been doing film and television for a little over 25 years. Started off with uh, live stage productions at Universal Studios in Orlando, doing all of their stage and uh, live shows then moving out here to la pursuing my dream and uh, in the meantime having having a family at the same time so um but uh it's been exciting it's been a journey and we are looking forward to new stuff um i've got a few new projects that are starting to get a little bit more momentum after the uh, pandemic hit but um yeah no lots of my stuff television film you know, some people know uh some of the shows like Everybody Hates Chris, Monk, CSI. Um but yeah, yeah, I've 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 kept busy pretty much.
2: What um what would you say, you know, early on uh got you started with you know, the creative acting bug, so to speak? Oh geez, what
3: we'll got me started? <laughs> oh man. Well, I could, I could, I could start back in high school. I was, I, I did a lot of uh, sports. I played baseball and I played golf, and uh, and also, of course, you know, you're interested in girls when you're in high school. So I was, uh, I was kind of infatuated with a lady in high school, and she was part of the drama club. So I decided I was going to join the drama club,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, I uh, things didn't work out with her, but they certainly got me uh hooked on performing on uh, on doing stage productions and acting
1: you got bit with the acting bug per se right. and it was probably it. the for the best anyway as i guess like i fell
3: i i guess i fell in love with another lady instead
1: <laughs> the lady of the
3: stage the lady of the stage That's or
2: lady. or more often the audience man once you get that 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 hit right it's kind of hard to to replace that
3: oh man, it's, it's, it's addictive. It really is. You know, when you get out there and I had this really nice little role, my, uh, junior year in high school, uh, I played a character called Westcott, uh, in the stage production of a man who came to dinner and he just was, just was a simple, you know, five minute little scene, but boy, when the audience started cracking up and laughing at the way I interpreted the character, I just, yeah, I, I, I couldn't get enough of it. So, uh, You know, I did a few more plays in high school and then um, I went to college. And of course, you know, when you go into college, you you start off. I started off with a major totally different than that, because, I mean, I also had a passion for um, uh, for the ocean and, and marine biology. So that was my original major in high school and then learned a lot of interesting aspects of being in the marine biology field and, uh, it kind of sort of drifted away from that and kept my passion with acting. And sooner or later I ended up majoring in uh, theater. So, yeah.
2: Nice. Nice. I mean, when did you make the, so did, you made the trip, were you, were you in the Orlando area already or did you, when, when sort of Hollywood South came down there in the nineties or. I was. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I Cause was. yeah, I, that's when I moved down there too. I, uh, I, uh, I, I, I got, I got that bug too. And I thought, you know, let's go to Orlando. I hear that's where things are happening. Um, and it was a pretty, pretty interesting time down there. Um, the early nineties, actually throughout the nineties, right? Uh, Yeah, it's
3: exactly what it was. I graduated in 89 and moved down to Orlando and I originally started working at, um, the Disney MGM studios is what it was called back then. Yep. Uh, and I actually was part of the opening, uh,
2: crew uh in the studios there. You got through casting. I got through <laughs> casting. That's right. I didn't I didn't make it through casting, man. That, uh, I was like it's kind of a hard like, there's a lot of hoops to jump through there.
3: I, there were and uh and and I had a, an interesting time the first six months there. I was I was working on the Indiana Jones stunt show. Nice. And then I um uh well and then I moved to Nashville actually for about six months. And we could blame that on a girl too. That's, uh, you know, everybody's got to do something stupid in their life. And that's, you know, that, that was one of mine. So uh, I came back to te- from Tennessee. I moved back down to Orlando and I started working at Universal Studios in the, um, what was it? Uh, summer, winter of 91, 1991. And, and started doing their shows. Uh, I got on with the Ghostbuster show that came out. I was playing the Rick Moranis character, uh, in that. And, um, then I started, uh, getting some auditions for other film and television shows.
2: That's cool. Yeah. And, and looking at your IMD page, I mean, yeah, you, you've run the gambit of a lot of, uh, whether it's comedies, like you said, everyone hates, everybody hates Chris or, or, uh, CSI or Monk, you know, I mean, that's, seems like you had a range there.
3: Yeah, I did. I actually, I kind of fell into the, I, I kind of fell into the, uh, what do you call it? The nerd, geek, accountant, lawyer, you name it, mm-hmm. uh, kind of guy, the little you know, nerdy guy. And then as I got older and lost my hair and mm. <laughs> uh, became more sophisticated, I, I took on other roles that were more dram- dramatically based. Uh, you know, like uh, I played an attorney. And even though Monk was a comedy, I my character was an actual he played the attorney for uh, Alfred Molina's character in one of the episodes. So yeah, it, it, it there really was. It was a you know, a really good niche for me for a little while.
2: Mm-hmm. hmm And uh and as far as so as far as now goes, uh working uh you know, obviously Thanks to you know the pandemic, we've had um, uh, things are starting to come back up again in terms of productions and everything. So I understand you've got some some things that are in pre production or about to be released that uh, you know we want to definitely help you promote.
3: Yeah, um, well, I've got I actually went the way of some short films during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and while while everybody was shut down, um, you know, we were doing some some projects with some close friends that that we knew were, that I knew was, you know, we, we held, held our protocols, used common sense and, uh, and put a couple of films together. And one of them is a short film called Fleeced. And it is, it's a really, really, really good uh, uh, little story about a, uh, about a farmer who hits the lottery. And it's, um, it, it really is a unique film because I don't have any lines in the film. It's almost like a, um, if you guys know Rowan Atkins, not Rowan Atkinson, um, uh, Mr. Bean, Rowan right. Atkinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of along that line, my character that I play in it, but it is it brilliantly re- uh, directed um, and it's going to be hitting some of the festivals this year. So nice. we're excited about it. We're excited. We've submitted to a lot of them. The director has... Mm-hmm. the um the next film that that that's still on hold they're still in the pre-planning of it is a a movie called warrior of eight flags uh that i was supposed to film or get into filming last year right as the pandemic was starting to peak and so they kind of put it on hold and when they put it on hold then of course that's when they start going back and doing rewrites and figuring out maybe different directions that they're going to go in the film they maybe the writers you know are Reimagining some of the characters, so're right now we're still we're waiting for that phone call to um, you know to say, "Hey, we're green lit and we're ready to go and here's our schedule." so um, And then I, I finished another short film that's just right now I, I, I really don't know where it's at. Um, the pandemic did a lot of damage to a lot of, a lot of the industry, and, and some of the projects just disappear. you know, they get shelved. So I'm just I'm waiting to hear from that. King of Wishful Thinking uh, is the one project that may never see the screen. Oh no! Um, yeah, that, that happens.
4: That yeah, it's true. I
3: mean, I, I've done I've done countless projects that you know just either they never got through post, the, the film never never got off the shelf. Uh, whether it's complications with. Uh, legal stuff you know Um, who's going to get the credit who's going to get paid who's going to not get paid who's going to you know who's going to um, take up the film and run with it and sometimes you make it and nobody wants to carry it you know it's a tough thing because a lot of these independent uh, film festivals you bring in a lot of um, distributors and if they're not interested in it then it, it never gets seen or it might go straight to a video or something like
2: that yeah that
1: was always the biggest fear when i worked in the movie industry was you know the project i was working on going showing up at a car wash and seeing the movie for like 4.99 or something
3: yeah <laughs> exactly well yeah it's straight to video or it goes you know if you're lucky you get picked up by a streaming uh service and and then it'll you know it'll stay there for a little while and um but it is it's it's really really tough um Yeah. I mean, on
2: the one, on the one hand, there's, there's, there's more ways to watch things now more than ever, but also there's a lot more content and and competition out there more than ever.
3: Oh yeah. I mean, so many different projects are being, uh, uh, are being put together by different diversities, you know? And so there's a whole lot more categories that are being basically created. And that's another thing. It's, I mean, you know, being an actor of my age, It's you have to constantly sit and try to, you know, meet with people and say, hey, listen, where where do I fall into this? You know, your agent has got a difficult thing to do. You know, through the pandemic, I lost my agent and uh, it's been a it's been a tough road getting my theatrical agent back or a theatrical agent back because when they cut their rosters down and then when they're ready to start, you know, bringing more clients back on. Now you have a whole different diversification happening with what's going on in society now. So agencies have to cover different categories now when they go ahead and, uh, and, and select their clients.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can see where that would be. Yeah. Obviously lots of challenges. Um, yeah. There's, there's, there's definitely going to be a new normal shaking out of all of this. Right. Oh, God, I'm trying to do everything possible.
3: What is
1: normal anyway? Come on.
2: Well, I try not to be
3: normal. That's the thing. You want to be, you want to stick out. You want to try to be different. And that's why during the pandemic, I, I, you know, talking with my wife, I said, what am I going to do? I got to do something different. She's like, you know, grow a beard, you know, look different. So I grew this hellaciously long beard mustache combination and, and uh you know i look like something out of game of thrones or whatever you know hey. one of the one of the wildlings that's what i look like
2: there you
3: go but but um anything to anything to make myself stand out more i mean cuz you could sit here and you can go okay well we're looking for a guy in his 50s uh we're looking yeah okay caucasian and now what else are we looking for you know what else could you say or do to narrow your field so that you have less competition because that's really what it's all about. And it, it's, there's so much talent out there. Yeah. Nine out of 10 times, it just comes down to a look, you know, a casting director sees you and goes, I want that guy. He's got this look. He's got that beard. He's got the mustache. He's bald. He's got this unique character about him. You know, you've got to try to find that spot,
1: and that helps. And it just also half the time only depends on what the mood of the casting director is that day. Too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah there, there was times I'd go out to for an audition, and they would look at me and said, "Oh, we love your look. We love your look. How do you feel about losing that goatee?" Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's like,
3: yeah. That's like right, I, for
1: the part. I would be glad to do that.
3: Yes, uh, I always uh, say uh, yes. Yes, always say yes. It, 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 although some some casting directors respect people that not, they're not argumentative, but they hold their ground. They're, they're convicted. They have a conviction about them because that helps with, you know, if you're, if you're committing to a character and sometimes it can be positive, you know, but yeah, you're right. It's absolutely the the attitude and the, the mood that the casting director is in at the time. Um, yeah.
2: Well, we've got something for you. That's almost uh, as painless as an audition, uh, we've got a, a segment called the Geek Seat, and uh, Mike, I think I think he's ready. I think he's ready for the the Geek Seat questions.
1: Oh, Tim's an actor; he can fake it along with the best of them. So, <laughs> you,
3: know. you know what the funny thing is? The, the funny thing is, is I could I could be great on on camera, and on stage, doing with whatever I'm going to do as far as um, acting and performing. But my wife knows when I am lying. I can't lie in real life. I am a terrible, terrible, um, uh, fabricator. It is. I, I, cause I can't see the through line. If I'm like, if I'm pulling a joke on my kids or my wife, I can, I can hang in there for like 30 seconds and then it's like, all right, I, I just can't do it anymore. <laughs>
1: it's, well, it's a lot of times it's like, I just start giggling or something when I'm trying to get away with something. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, like, it, and she yeah. And she just rolls her eyes at me and goes, you know,
3: really, really, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I can I can hook I can keep them on the hook for about maybe a minute, and then all of a sudden I just, you know, you get it just starts building up in the back of your throat, and you're just like, yeah, all right, I was. You got was, me. You got I was, me. I, was, I, was, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Exactly. And that's it. You just basically give up. All
1: right, Tim. You know, you <laughs> might not be able to do it to your wife. Let, let's see how if you, if you could BS our audience, we'll see how right. good we do tonight.
3: All right, we'll give it a try. All
1: right, your first question in the geek seat
3: mm-hmm. What was
1: your favorite geek
3: out moment? My favorite geek out moment. Oh, wow. All right, my favorite geek out moment was when I was at my wedding and my wife and I were making our entrance into the reception hall and they broke out the um the DJ broke out the ghostbuster theme wow. while we were coming in Oh that's awesome. <laughs> to the entrance of our reception. That was probably one of my favorite geek out moments.
1: Okay. No, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's
3: awesome.
1: Yeah, I can't complain about that one.
3: Yeah, didn't even know they were going to do it either. That was great.
1: What was your most disappointing geek
3: out moment? Oh. Uh, when uh my my oh gee let's see my favorite my worst geek out moment was not getting a chance to talk with michael j fox when him and the cast came to universal studios and at the time i was literally five feet away from him and he wouldn't look over at me oh yeah that was a disappointing moment i would have just made my uh I would have made one of my top 10 lists would be uh you know to to give a howdy to Mike uh, Mike at that time.
1: Well you're talking to two mics right now so I know it's not the same but that's
2: a poor consolation. Uh, I'll take what I can get 30 years later. Exactly.
3: <laughs>
1: that's pretty awesome. Did you talk to any of the other cast members?
3: Um no, I got a high from uh from Biff. Oh God, his name escapes me here. Um what was his name? Yeah, Biff. Yeah, yeah. I got a I got a wave and a hide from him. That was oh, about yeah. it from the cast. When they were they were opening, doing the grand opening at the Back to the Future ride. No, I've had I've had some good uh I've had some good interactions with some very, very, very famous actors. So, you know. Um Tom Tom, Tom Wilson. Wilson. Tom Wilson. That was I was it. about to yep. yeah, just got it. Yeah, he I, does. I, I,
2: a, he
1: does a great song talking about his role in Back to the Future.
3: Yes, it's yes, pretty he awesome.
1: Ever, he does a great stand-up also.
3: Yeah, he uh, he's a great guy. Yeah. I, I'm surprised he didn't get a lot more work. I mean, maybe that was his decision, but I, I certainly think that he was uh, that he was primed for a, a very long career. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't heard much of him lately, though. I'm sure he, he maybe he's working on the other side. I haven't I haven't really looked uh, looked much into him and his uh his career recently.
1: I know he had a podcast for a while. Yeah. But I you know everybody has a podcast uh, nowadays, gonna, you know, it's I'm, not I'm like, sorry. I'm, I'm <laughs> shocked he's Tom re- doesn't have one. He's reached one. that <laughs> low. <laughs> I'm sure Tim doesn't, you know, he's just like, you know, oh, really podcast? Oh,
3: maybe uh, I should oh, start. With. I got another new geek out moment.
1: Okay, go for it.
3: Let me tell you real quick. So I got cast in uh, HBO miniseries from the Earth to the Moon.
1: Oh, really? Awesome. I did.
3: It was back in the late 90s when, of course, uh, Florida was, you know, kicking up with some some Hollywoody stuff. And um, uh, my role had some... I, I played, a, played the role of uh, uh, one of the mission control specialists named Don Putty. And after my episode was finished filmed, about a week and a half later, I get a call from my agent. And she says to me, Tom Hanks wants to see you. And wow. I go. I go. Are you sure he's got the right guy? And she said, "Yeah, Tom Hanks wants to see you tomorrow. Go down to uh, the the studios." And so I went down today. They, they were filming in the MGM Studio sound stages at uh, Disney. And I walk. Uh, I get in. And I'm in a waiting room there. And um, casting director comes out of the door. She says, "Okay, come on in, Tim." And as I'm coming through the door, there's a big giant. What do you call it? Meeting room conference table. And there's about six or eight guys sitting there at the table. And at one end is Tom Hanks. And as I come through the door, Tom Hanks stands up. The casting director says, Tom, this is Tim McLaughlin. And Tom comes over. It certainly is. Comes right over, shakes oh. my hand, says, How you doing? And I'm like, Oh, great. Um, not sure why I'm here. Nobody told me. I'm I'm totally geeking out.
5: Totally
3: oh, sure. geeking out. And and he said, "Well, we want to we want to see if we can read you for more of the episodes in the miniseries." And so I actually got to sit down and I read copy script with Tom. Wow! Reading lines back and forth to each other, and that was probably you know that was probably one of the top geek out moments of my life. It was it was a great honor, and he's a great guy. What I
1: wonder if I day. should be just going bowing to you. We're not worthy. We're not.
3: Worthy. <laughs> That is awesome. uh, it was, it was great. It was great. And I actually met him eight years later when I moved out here to LA, I was on the Paramount backlot shooting. Everybody hates Chris. And he came out of the soundstage, him, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Julia Roberts come out of the soundstage. Oh, wow. and, um, and, and, and uh, uh, Julia and Philip go in opposite directions. And Tom Hanks walks right, literally right at me without even seeing me. And, and then he looked at me and he points at me and he goes, I, I know you. I know you. And then I, when I told him, he was like, yeah, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? And he was just like meeting your next door neighbor again. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. That yeah, is awesome. So, great experience.
1: It's nice to hear when the stories you've heard about him are true. You know, that yeah. he's personable and nice and everything. So very it's much pretty cool. So.
3: Yeah, very much so.
1: But, you know, this, we could actually hear about some of the dark side now. Because we're going to hear about what turns your geek off the most. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting because it was actually a a situation that actually happened when I was filming from the earth to the moon. And uh, Frank Marshall, famous producer and director, Mm -hmm. Indiana Jones movies, tons more. He was directing the episode that I was in. And I was one of only one or two actors from Florida that they cast in this episode. They brought Everybody from California. And so, um, my first day of filming, I, I'm in my spot. I'm filming my character. I didn't have any lines. And the next day, one of the producers comes up to me and says, Hey, listen, Tim, Frank wants to take you and put you over here, and you're going to be playing this guy, this character now and i turned Mm. to her and i said what what's what's that i says how is that going to work with continuity i said i was i was playing this guy here one day and now you're going to move me down to this other guy and it (laughs) come to find out one of the actors from hollywood was not too happy that i had more lines than he did oh so he went to frank and apparently they did whatever they had to do and so my character got switched, and he got all my lines, and that's all she wrote. Yeah. So that was she one of the most turn-off geek moments. Horrible. Yeah, but you know what? As an actor, you, you've got to – I said, you know what? I'll be professional about it and do whatever he asked me to do and whatever I can contribute to the project that I was happy to do. But it yeah. was definitely one of my more sad geek-out moments, yeah.
1: I could totally – totally see that yeah. and it's not unheard of either which is oh no so no. I totally understand. i mean that.
3: i've i've had i've had roles um completely i've i've done put stuff down on film and then i've had had them completely recast the character and i ended up on the cutting room floor and they ended up recasting the character and rewriting one of the scenes um an episode of uh not an episode but a pilot called awake starring jason isaacs I was in the pilot episode and then they reshot the ending after I had completely finished filming the ending and they reshot it and changed the character to a completely different, uh, character. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it was, that's, that's another, you know, eh, it's part of the game. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like I've had a friend of mine, you know, Always, you know, tell me about once he was on an edition, and basically, you know, the agent called him and said, "You did great on this The producers loved you. The director loved you. I hope the person who got the role will do as good as you did."
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no. That's that's definitely you know. I, I if I if I had a nickel for every time my uh, my manager or my uh, my agent called me up and said they really liked you, they really liked you. And and they're really interested in you, and then you never hear back. Yep. And oh stuff god. Like that. So all just, the time. That's the name of the game.
1: What fictional character would you like to meet the least?
3: What fictional? Yeah. Character would I like to meet the least? I oh god! I'll tell you, one of my favorite movies is the Highlander, the original Highlander movie.
2: Ah, yeah. Ah, cool. And I would
3: hate to run across the Gorgon. <laughs> what's his name hello my pretty yeah. oh
1: that's clancy brown at his best yeah, yeah.
3: Clancy yeah. Brown. what a great what a great character actor but i would i would not like to run into that guy
1: no, you know because
3: i just would die he would yeah. have to kill me i'd just have a heart just cut heart.
1: my head off now it's okay it's all yeah.
3: right yeah. <laughs> yes could going be quickly
1: okay what fictional character would you like to meet the most
3: which one would I like to meet the most? Fictional character. Yeah. Doc Brown. Doc Brown. Great Scott. Go. I'd love to meet Dr. <laughs> Emmett Brown. That guy is just, I would, oh boy, I would follow him around for like a month, like a <laughs> little puppy, just soaking up all of his uh, his, his incredible characters. That is awesome.
1: That yeah. is awesome. And Chris Lloyd is just amazing anyway, but Doc Brown, I think is like almost like, top of the mountain
3: yeah he is he's 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 fantastic that is awesome
1: what is your favorite geek word phrase quote or pose
3: my favorite geek word uh a word i i can't really think of maybe just a word but more like a phrase Mm -hmm. like uh oh hey dana it's you you know from ghostbusters when he meets her out in the hallway (laughs) And he's uh, and he's talking about um no sodium mineral water, and other nutritious foods, but you already know that <laughs> you know those those are some great words from uh from the the great Rick Moranis. and um I totally geek out every time I see that scene. I just you know and when he goes, who brought the dog okay, who brought the dog who brought the dog <laughs> yeah. that's that's probably uh yeah. That's probably one of my favorite geek out phrases, or or, or even lines. Is yeah,
2: who brought the dog?
1: Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to get our security deposits back.
6: <laughs>
3: <laughs> who
2: who does your taxes? Yeah. The moment he the moment
3: he pulls off pulls off, he comes out from the demonic dog, and he's he's back to normal. Well, who are you guys? Who does your taxes?
2: Who does your taxes?
3: First words out of his mouth.
1: <laughs> we might take a, need to take a piece of your brain.
3: Oh, that's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. That's some of the best writing. Some of the best comedy. God, I miss those movies. Mm. You know, there's really just I, I I can't wait. I'm geeking, waiting for the new Ghostbuster movie, which has been delayed for a year. Yeah, to come out because that. I mean, I mean, the last one they did is you know it's, ah, that's. It's. I consider that to be separate on its own, you know, when they cast the whole female cast and they did, you know, they basically did a reboot of the original, with the, but it's not the continuation of the film, you know, or the or the storyline. This one is this, this continuation on the storyline. So I, I really can't wait to see it.
1: No, I'm, I'm excited about it. Ever yeah. since they showed the poster and, you know, with the Echo one going through the cornfield, it yeah. was just like, oh this is gonna be awesome
3: they got, yeah the trailers are pretty cool too oh yeah they, they're pretty cool i'm telling you i can't wait to see it they got the one kid from stranger things in there mm-hmm. uh, what's his actor young actors i can't remember i think name. it's
1: finn wolfhart or something like that
3: yeah i think you're right yeah the, the <laughs> curly haired kid yeah yeah
1: but we have to wait till february now to see this thing <sighs> So it's almost another year almost.
3: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to keep watching the old ones. <laughs> Darn. I, I can tell
1: you're so disappointed, dude. You know, what geek occupation would you like to do the most?
3: Well, definitely not a tax uh, attorney. No,
1: <laughs> no, yeah. that could be the next question when we ask you what. Yeah,
3: Let's see that. Uh, I would probably say of all the geek, um, God, you know, I've I've done a I've done a bunch of them. One of them, one of them is uh, you know being a uh, a ride operator on a thrill ride.
1: Oh, that's um, that's true. You, you know, did Indiana Jones. Come on,
3: I I did Indiana Jones, but I I also when I when I first started working at Universal for like a month or two, I actually was one of the ride show operators on the Back to the Future ride. Like so that. you know you got to dress up and you got to act like a you know a total geek you know, getting the people on and off of the cars and everything. And it was, you know, something to really just have a lot of improvisational fun with, but um, I guess being, yeah, like a carnival ride operator, that could be a fun, that'd be a fun geek role. I think I kind of like that.
1: Okay. Yeah. And then the question that's coming your way, what <laughs> geek occupation would
3: you not like to do? Oh gosh. Yeah. it's funny. Cause the one that pays the most is the one I hate the most. <laughs> uh, it's probably why I'm so poor. No. Um, the, uh,
1: and your mom always wanted you just to be the accountant. It's okay. Oh
3: God, No, no, no. Your real estate agent is what she wanted me to be. Really? Because, well, my whole family's in the real estate business, so to speak. My, my father and my brother, um, my dad was a, a, an appraiser. My brother's an appraiser. My mom's an agent. My wife's a real estate agent. I tell her, I go, I, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. You know? Um, but, uh, Definitely I, I think a tax attorney though, that's that beats it all. That's one that I I wouldn't <laughs> want to touch. I, I tell my I tell our tax accountant, I tell him every year I come to him and I say, I say, how how do you live from like January to May? And and he looks at me and he says, I don't. don't. He's <laughs> like, just yeah. I don't. He says, six months out of the year, I don't have a life, and six months out of the year, I have a great life. So I go okay. Well, it's you know, at least you're uh, at least it's not a day out, day in and day out basis the whole year round.
1: No, totally understand. I I don't think anybody would be able to survive if they had to do that year round. Like the no. pressure that they're under from January till May.
3: No, no, no not at all. <laughs> it's like when
1: I go see my accountant in like March, he has already has the dark circles under his eyes. He already yeah. has like. You could see all the leftover wrappers on his desk of the food from the two weeks Uh,
7: before.
3: Yeah. 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 That's why I try, we try to see our tax guy as early as possible. Oh yeah. Early, early to mid February is when we usually get to see him and he still has a little spring in his step and he's still (laughs) kind of, you know, he's still kind of refreshed and everything. He actually
1: smiles at you.
3: (laughs) Oh yeah. We actually have conversations. So uh, instead, you know, we instead when like, some of them go in later on and he just sits down and goes, give me your stuff. <laughs> you know, we actually have a conversation. How are the kids? Hey, good. What else you got going on? You know? So
1: that is awesome. All right, Tim, are you ready for your final question in the geek seat?
3: Okay. All I right.
1: So. This is for all the marbles. So this is for everything. So just remember that gotcha. there's no pressure, no pressure at all. None. Okay. A little bit, of pressure. a little bit. Tim, what is your ultimate geek fantasy?
3: Oh, uh, my ultimate geek fantasy. Let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, my ultimate geek fantasy. Now, can I approach this as an actor, or can I approach this as a real life situation? As yeah. whatever you want. This is okay. your. It's, it's your fantasy. This <laughs> is my, fa- this this my fantasy. This is your fantasy. You this can fantasize that you're
1: a real fantasy. person. It's okay.
3: I, I, my geek fantasy would be would be, one uh, being part of one of the fraternity brothers in the movie Animal House. Mm. That would be my ultimate geek fantasy would be to be, I don't want to say I want to be flounder, but (laughs) to live the life of one of those frat guys would be probably (laughs) one of the greatest, funnest things to do. The debauchery that those guys did, the craziness, and yet they always sort of skated right out of it all through the mess and came out smelling like a rose on the other end. Definitely the, the, what do you call it? The, um, Delta, 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 or Mm -hmm. (laughs) the dry delts. That's Mm -hmm. right. I think, uh, that wouldn't, (laughs) that wouldn't be a bad thing.
1: No, exactly.
3: That would would be, that would be, yeah. That's my ultimate geek moment would be, uh, would be hanging out at the, um, at the Delta house with the guys.
1: No, you just want to go to the Toga party. Come on. You know,
3: I want to get up on that ladder that Belushi was on. (laughs) <laughs> Go from one of the windows to the other, looking inside the sorority windows right Mm-hmm. that uh
1: no, you, you just want to find I, out if when the Germans bomb Pearl harbor
3: that's, so. right. that's or, or like or 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 hitting up sitting up on the top of the hill with a bag of golf balls trying to hit Nietameyeyer's uh horses <laughs> that that was probably one of the funnest things I ever saw. And I, I think after that, you know, when I saw that movie, like, for the 9th, 10th time, I think I actually went out somewhere and just started hitting golf balls at, at, on, like, at its big farm property, just oh. just hitting them anyway, just, just trying to visualize being in that scene, being in those guys' lives, it was just, that had to be great. It did.
1: That's awesome, dude. Well, Tim, I've got some great news for you. You've made it through the geek seat. Congratulations. (laughs) Mr. Mike Gordon, tell the
2: young man what he's won. You have won a lifetime subscription to the ESO Network, a value easily worth $19.21. Well, it's
1: only in station money. It's not really.
2: Yeah, it decreases it's, the closer you get to the planet. Sorry, uh, but
1: you've worked at Disney, you know how it works.
3: St- station money's not like
2: Bitcoin. It's not going to go up, up, up. No, no. no, no. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. No, no, I wouldn't. No, it's not like Bitcoin at all. No, um,
1: this, is, this is my like buying a Yugo. It's more like that. Uh,
2: well, very it's cool. non-transferable. <laughs> it is it has been great to have you here on the station get to know you a little bit sir so people will want to check out what you're doing find out where should they go online or or check out and see see what you're up to
3: oh guys head over to imdb and give me a look on my page it's imdb.me backslash timothy mclaughlin and that's where you can see all of my latest projects um gosh uh check me all out on um uh, Instagram. And my Instagram is at the Timothy Mac. And if you guys want to give me a follow, I'll follow you back unless you're like a crazy psycho stalker. Damn.
1: (laughs) I know. (laughs) There goes our crew.
3: (laughs) But, uh, those are the two places you can find me at. Um, I do have a Facebook page. I don't go on that quite as much. I do most of my, my posting and, and everything on Instagram, but, uh, Yeah, you can keep track of me over on um, the IMDb page.
1: Tim, it's been awesome, man. But we need to take a break and we will be back and we are going to be going on vacation. We're going to go to places you should see after COVID.
0: Hi,
5: this is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box office buzz. We have got a big musical coming to the big screen this weekend with In the Heights from Hamilton creator Lynn Manuel Miranda. Hamilton, of course, took the world by storm when it premiered on Broadway, and we were lucky enough to get a recorded version of the stage show on Disney Plus last summer, which was absolutely incredible. I didn't know a lot about Into the Heights initially, even though I'm a big fan of Hamilton. Before I saw the trailer for this musical last summer. Of course, In the Heights unfortunately had to be postponed like many other movies. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But I'm glad we're finally getting a chance to see it. And it looks like it's going to be a really epic, fun, uplifting movie. With some great choreography and dancing. Wonderful music. The soundtrack already looks like a lot of fun. And I personally cannot wait to see this. And like I said, I think we all just need something that's going to make us feel good. We're looking for something fun and hopeful after what a drag and a downer the year of 2020 was. Also on the small screen, we've got something big happening this week, which is the premiere of Loki on Disney+. Plus. I haven't actually read a lot of background about this show or dove into a lot of the speculation Because I just kind of want to see what this show has to offer and experience it as it happens. I think Loki is one of the best side characters in the MCU. And you know what? Normally I wouldn't be super excited about franchises like this constantly undercutting character death scenes. Like oh we have this big dramatic moment where they die and then we're just going to bring him back later. Because I think the MCU is doing a smart thing by starting to play with time travel and alternate realities Because they need to find a way to keep the franchise fresh and exciting. So I really like some of the trippy stuff that they're delving into with WandaVision. Hopefully Loki will kind of follow along that same path. I'm hearing some great initial buzz about the series. So I think we're all, as fans, going to have a lot of fun talking about it and I'm personally just really pumped for the future of the MCU I felt not necessarily burned out after Endgame because Endgame was such a wonderful epic movie but I needed a little break some time to step away from the MCU and I'm ready to dive back in wholeheartedly right now with all the fresh stuff they've got coming up so it's going to be a great summer I think and finally exciting to get back to some normalcy and some big blockbusters to talk about that's it for this week's Box Office Buzz. If you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to check out my blog over on the ESO Podcast website.
7: Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse
3: people are just losing their minds trying to consume marvel products right now and i don't blame them this is some of the best entertainment you can get on tv and big
7: screen right now if something's going to be successful or not they look at the mentions they look at the likes they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets and they look at all of that to say okay this is actually going to garner a lot of attention catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week and right here on the eso network
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Air Station One podcast. Now we are here for the main topic, and this is a good one. This is going to be a lot of fun. We are going to be talking about places to see after the lockdown, and we've got some guests joining us. Take it away, Mikey.
2: Absolutely. Yes, we are joined by John and Sarah from Bella Travel and Adventures. Welcome to the station, guys. Hey there. Thank you for having us. So, uh first of all, uh tell us a little about what you guys do and 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 how you guys got involved with uh, you know, traveling.
6: Well, he took me on a an anniversary cruise, and we absolutely fell in love with cruising. And it just took off from there, and we met the most amazing people, and we wanted to give people the same experience that we got. Cruising
2: and vacationing. Gotcha. Now, how long ago was that? Uh, it was our
7: our first cruise together was December of
1: 2015. Okay,
7: oh, gotcha. We okay. Went, so about six years ago. Uh, we went on a ship called the Carnival Paradise, and it was out of Tampa, Florida. Oh, very nice. One of their smaller, older ships, but it very very quaint a lot of personality it
2: was a lot of fun my uh my parents went on their first cruise uh in 1986 i think 86 87 somewhere and man they got hooked as well i mean they they went on cruises i think every year after that uh until recently of course and and that's kind of what we want to talk about you know how the challenges of traveling now and and you know obviously we've been through about um a year of no travel <laughs> uh, things have looked pretty bleak um so as we start to get out of this um and i know things are still changing so things are still very much in flux but um what can you tell us about the what you've seen in in recently like how things are developing now
7: well okay well let's cruising is starting to make a move uh, that it's going to start happening. They have some test cruises that uh, certain lines are starting as early as this month. And these are uh, just kind of testing the new protocols, uh, the new filtration systems that have been installed in all the ships uh, with a volunteer group of people. And they're going out and having, uh, you know, a, A trip for two, three days. Make sure all the protocols work out and things are um, copacetic. And um, and those that the CDC is just demanding that of the cruise lines that are not going to require that everybody is vaccinated. Those are the virtual cruises. Right. They call them virtual cruises. cruises, If you don't want to, you know, mandate vaccines, they're requiring that these cruise lines do these virtual trips. Um, I think most of them are doing them anyway. I think just because it's probably the best practice to, to make sure that, um, these protocols are going to be solid and, uh, keep everyone safe. Mm -hmm. So cruising is coming back in the meantime. Uh, a lot of people have gone to Mexico, Mexico opened up first. And uh, Cancun was a hot spot. Um, I went there. She went in, what was it, October? October. Oh, wow. October. Uh, sent her away for a week.
6: With the cruise community. <laughs> yeah,
7: but with... To with, a resort. <laughs> yeah, and they and she had a good time. Uh, it, and I, I hung in Florida with my buddies, and we went fishing and everything while we were down there. But... Um, So there was some travel involved. Mexico is a big, big hitter. Um, I I don't know if you've seen the news recently. There was a couple that was um, stranded in the uh, Dominican Dominican Republic Republic. for 10 days of quarantine.
6: We had a cruise community get together in Dominican Republic, and three of them. We did not go. No, we did not go.
7: But three of the people that were in this group, I think it was 12 in all, Fully vaccinated people tested positive for COVID while they were in the DR. Wow. And
6: um, went down negative, came back positive.
7: These two people that we they know well, they live in North Carolina. She's a nurse. Uh, he's recently gotten his master's, second master's. Yeah. And so he's, he's,
6: uh, so he's he in was school
7: and he wasn't doesn't... working, but she was, which, Put a, a crimp in things, but it was covered on the news uh, that they were, you know, in this resort for an additional ten days, quarantine. And um, the Dominican Republic's kind of dicey, if you recall, they had that issue with the tainted alcohol
2: mm-hmm.
7: about a year and a half yeah, ago. Some people so- died
1: because of that. I remember
6: they think it's alcohol related yes.
7: and they think that th- that this, this
6: covid thing was alcohol was related a
7: possible because alcohol they thing.
6: stayed on the resort the whole entire time
7: hmm.
6: but it was the ones that drank heavily that ended
7: up with covid wow so they just recently got back uh, so they're home and you know it was a nightmare experience but it as, played- as it turned out and and if mean, it, if they had consulted with me i would have told them to steer clear of the dr um <laughs> But, you know.
6: But it, it did. It did bring <laughs> into effect that when you go on cruises or start vacationing, you need to take an extra ten day supply of like medication. He was on blood pressure medicine and didn't have enough. So just in case, you should always prepare for maybe a ten day layover.
7: Especially now, since yeah. the pandemic has um, has come in. A couple different rules of thumb when it comes to travel bring double the amount of medication that you would normally bring on any trip make sure that you have travel insurance not just travel insurance but travel insurance that will cover COVID related incidents travel the cruise
6: uh, lines are saying you have to have it in order to book
7: well even land-based vacations yeah. are, are requiring that you have the proper insurance um to, to travel out of the country anymore. So
2: I, yeah, I definitely see, I mean, there's so many questions in terms of, and, and every, you know, country is different about how they're handling things and all that. So there's so many questions about, um, you know, where people can go if they do want to get away now that, you know, the, that, that the restrictions are kind of lessening. A lot of people are like, okay, that's like the gates are open. Like they want to just fly and, and do a lot of things. So many questions, but where do you think um, right now is like your your safest areas? I want to say, or like some pretty safe and easy bets if you just want to want to get away for a weekend or so.
7: But for the weekend, John, I mean, he's definitely you know you're going to stay within the the, the United country. States, right? Yeah. Um, you know the. The mountains are a really safe bet um, for people who might be a little bit shy of the COVID thing. Let, less population. Less beach. Well. Yeah. And, and you, know, you don't have as many people that close together. And um, I think that's, that's a safe bet for a lot of people. And there's a lot of B&Bs in those areas that are, are quite nice. That uh, people can go to. There's also Um, a
1: lot of VBROs and such that you can do in the mountains that, you know, and read the descriptions because a lot of them are going like by CDC guidelines with cleaning and stuff. And folks, I've recently rented a cabin about a month ago up in North Carolina. And this place was spotless. They, you could smell the antiseptic. That's how much they cleaned in this place. And it was pretty amazing.
7: Yeah. Really, really, as it, we were finding out, COVID wasn't so much of a, of a contact issue as it was an airborne problem. Um, but nevertheless, it's still, you know, keeping the uh, surfaces clean and, and, and sanitized, still very important. You know, we all have a tendency to bring our hands up to our face oh, all sure. the time. Yep. So, you know, it, you never want to take a shortcut where that's concerned. And always when you take that shortcut, that's when it's going to bite you. Yeah. So with all these uh, safety protocols and cleaning uh, surfaces and washing your hands, it's still very important. Um, but, um, I think really what scared me more about the whole thing was the airport aspect of it. Um, We flew in this last year.
6: (laughs) More than we've ever
7: had. We flew amazing amount of times. My father uh, lives down in Florida, and he is uh, in an assisted living facility. He's he's going through some tough times right now. So we're back and forth quite a bit. And people were coming down on cruise ships but if you ask me the airplanes are just little petri dishes oh sure they oh, always yeah, have sure. been
2: they always have been if there's one sick kid on a flight everybody's gonna get sick
0: right.
2: <laughs> that's yeah. that's the way it's been forever right
6: <laughs> well what's funny is they had them like six feet apart to get onto the plane and then they pack you like sardines to get <laughs> once you're on the you plane, know, yeah. off of the plane and everything. well they
7: finally they finally got that together where they started to empty the planes by uh, like five rows at a time, you know, you know and and stagger it, which made sense because the first time we flew, which was damn close to when the pandemic first started, it was it was the same thing. okay, well, the separate seat's empty, okay, seatbelt side goes off, we're at the gate. Everyone gets up, we're all in the aisle and everyone's pulling their bags down. And it, it's just, it's like being at the track, you know, <laughs> You know, it's like, um, it was, it's pandemonium. So they I finally got their act together and they started to stagger, you know, the people getting off the planes too. So,
2: so um, as it's just knowing, knowing that you've flown so much. Um, and now that things are starting to open up, um, my impression, my my idea was that, or that uh, that during the last year or so, that uh, air flights uh, prices were were when like went way down. Is that was that accurate? Um, are they starting to come back up, or can you still get really good deals on flights now?
7: You can still get deals, but no, the prices are headed north. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> literally.
6: We were getting really good deals on plane tickets. I mean, we went to and from Florida for a little over a hundred dollars.
7: Yeah. Wow! Yeah, yeah. each fast. way
1: or round trip? Round
6: trip. Round a little, trip. A little wow. over hundred dollars. We, awesome. we
7: were flying. It was so cheap uh, to fly, and everyone was so scared of it. And we're, now we it's like, You know, we'll play by the rules. Wear the mask. You know, we'll do it, and, and we got places to go, mm-hmm. and so we went. And uh, but. Yeah, of late, I'd have to say since November, we're starting to see the the prices creep back up again. I don't know whether that's a political thing or what, but um, we're definitely seeing an increase in the plane fares and general travel. But you're seeing that in a lot of things. Lumber is more expensive than it's been in years. You want to build a deck, it's going to cost you almost a year's
1: salary (laughs) well the the big thing i've noticed actually is the price of rental cars have gone through the roof and 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 that's i've actually read an article recently about it because you know when we were were trying to reserve a rental car in boston to drive up to maine um in august um Usually like last time when I went to Boston to rent a car, it was maybe like fifty dollars a day or something like that. And you know, now you're looking at almost three hundred dollars a day to rent a car. And this yeah. is like even going to the also
7: – Oh yeah. I mean like like Alamo yeah. was always our go to in Florida because it was it was cheap, but they're um, they're a decent very nice company, very well run. But we could get a uh, little car, you know, especially if we didn't have a whole lot of baggage. We can get away with a small car for $16, 17 a day. Well, That same car now is, like you said, 175 $200 a day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. And the gas prices, of course, are, are rebounding and going back up again. So all that has something to do with it. So even so. if
6: you Uber, it's more expensive in uber
7: now
1: well exactly and in all truth you know what happened ended up happening was with rental cars you know because people weren't traveling for the last year and a half or so the cars were just sitting on the lots at the rental card agencies the agencies sold off their fleets and now the they're so far behind in getting new cars in and because of Trade restrictions and everything, their cars are being very slow to be built, and the rental car agencies are having trouble getting new cars in,
7: and that's part of the problem. That uh, inventory is a part of the problem. Also, you know, labor is a huge issue right now. Yeah, Uh, people, and you're seeing a lot of things changing as far as the unemployment laws in certain states because of it because people are getting paid very well to sit at home and um it, these companies are are having struggles because they can't find employees <laughs> like hotels things like that
6: you don't have the hotel service that you've had before because
2: they've cut Every, the the stuff i mean everything trickles down you know
7: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. no totally absolutely
7: makes
2: sense. absolutely okay so so all right so if if people right now are thinking about traveling, um, you know, what, what are their best options right now um, as far as should they plan uh, to be in the country? Can they go outside the country or certainly like how far, or, you know, like I said, we're still waiting to hear exactly what's going to happen with the cruise ships. We know that um, the CDC is working with them. And I, I understand that there will be cruises um this year right i think um like in the fall i think uh if not sooner july uh, if not sooner right so um so so are you thinking um you know is is cruising now that's the other question as far as cruising goes there's a whole bunch of other questions i have about that too because like when you go to other countries like, are are the restrictions there going to be different and how that's going to work, you know?
1: When, no, isn't Canada closed to cruise ships? Yes.
2: Uh, yeah, they they did close
7: Canada, which we thought was going to throw the whole Alaska cruise season out the window. Sure. Uh, Alaska's open. They just
6: don't stop in Canada. They, they actually just go to the Alaska ports. They're yeah.
7: going out of Seattle.
2: One of the uh, yeah one of the best trips I've ever taken uh, cruise wise uh, was up to up to Alaska, and uh, we left out of Seattle, came back to Seattle. That that was great trip. Uh, we there was one stop in Canada on the way back, um, but I could see where if that was eliminated, you know, it would be still a great trip. I mean. Um, and I they don't
6: even have the main cruises anymore because you used to do Maine and up into the Canada right. that, that way, do- and yeah. they've canceled that altogether. Exactly
1: because we've done the cruise from Boston up into Newfoundland and Nova Scotia, then up and then down the canal to yeah, that's, Quebec. That's not happening. That's, that's definitely not, that. not happening. <laughs> definitely but not I kn- okay. but I know because like one of the big cruise spots on the west coast was Vancouver and also Victoria.
2: Yeah, that's, that's where we stopped. We're such a beautiful city. I mean, it, it, it is. Just to to go out of um,
7: out on a cruise ship is just gorgeous. So yeah, that was real popular, but I think we're going to probably need to wait another year on that. Gotcha. Um, I think uh, it, but uh, you can go to Alaska on a, on a ship.
2: Now you've got to go out of Seattle. How then that's fine. Like I said, we did that and I I definitely encourage people to do that. Is that, you know, I certainly to get a flight out to Seattle, especially if you're on the East Coast, is going to be a challenge because that's going to be that's always been expensive. But as far as the cruise ships themselves, the 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 rates that they're given, I noticed that you know over the last year or so, I've seen deals for cruise lines that I was like, that's crazy! Like uh, you could get some really crazy um, apps. They throw they were throwing everything at you. Is that stopped now? I would imagine, yeah. No,
7: you'll go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry.
6: Well, because they're not booking a full ship.
2: Okay, right. And they're still trying
6: to bring people back to kind of make them more comfortable so you can come back and go hey this is great you know just kind of like word of mouth is what they're trying to do mm-hmm. so they're giving you everything yeah they're, they're giving
2: you free internet they're giving you um you a know, drink package the, yeah the drink package both alcohol and non alcohol oh, yeah. or giving, even the you, upgrades you, was always they're, yeah awesome. they're throwing in excursions they're putting in you know they're giving you balcony views i mean that they're it's amazing
6: all yeah. the um, restaurants, yeah. yeah.
7: yeah. Uh, one of the ones that stick out for right now, giving away a lot of these things, extras, if you will, uh, NCL, Norwegian Cruise Lines. Really? Yeah. They, they right now are booking cruises, and they have, um, I think, the, the 50% deposits are, are, you know, very low deposits. And ex- I haven't booked one myself, but... Um, low deposits and i know that they have uh the
6: internet drink
7: package and the internet for one device in a cabin uh that's included um
6: the drink package non alcoholic right. is included and it's
7: a choice of it you know do you, right. or do you would you want money toward your ex, excursions right or you know something like that or, tips or, included uh, you know
6: Three specialty
7: restaurants, right. which yeah, they have awesome. Packages. They have awesome restaurants there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the, mm-hmm. the Norwegian people, uh, the Norwegian those cruise, cruise line, line they really know how to do it well.
2: That's what we. Yeah, we went when we went to our Alaska cruise, we went on Norwegian, and they've got funny, some, funny thing. They got some amazing ships now. Oh
7: my! My very first cruise, um, 1981. My parents took my sister and I on a Norwegian cruise ship the, the ship was called the SS Norway <laughs> it originally was the SS France at the time it was the largest cruise ship on the water it was one of those Victorian type Titanic looking elegant ships right. um, that, that it's a liner it was meant to go across the ocean um, and back then there wasn't a such thing as a drink package. You got on board the ship, You drank. It was all included. And your airfare was included. Um, and all the food, the was whole thing, the, old, the food yes. was included. Yeah. It was
1: extra. right? There wasn't yeah. the extra, uh, no, like sure. the steakhouse on the. No, you
2: used to be able stuff. to order whatever you wanted whenever, like it was amazing. Right. <laughs> and as much of it, yeah,
1: yeah. Because now they have all the but specialty the, restaurants that are cost extra yeah. on the boats and everything. It's changed yeah.
7: tremendously
1: since then. But, well, it, like but when when also depends. Cruising, you it also depends because a friend of mine just did a river cruise back in twenty nineteen. And everything was included with it, including airfare and everything. So if you're looking for something that's all-inclusive, look for, like, some of the European river cruises and stuff. I think it's, like, Viking and stuff like Viking. Yeah, that. Yeah, right, Viking. Yeah. And they're they're amazing because they're very small ships. And they're, like, only, like, two decks. And it's pretty awesome to, to go on something like
7: that. Have a very big appreciation for the smaller ships, how quaint they are, and they're, they they have a lot of personality mm-hmm. to them. The smaller ships, and, and you know, people kind of yeah, we go want to. The
6: they better. want the
7: bigger, better. Mm-hmm. We we very much appreciate the smaller ships for that. But that being said, <laughs> our next cruise uh, we booked is on a ship that recently made its way from Europe. To its new home port, uh, Port Canaveral. And it's the newest carnival ship, the Mardi Gras. Oh. The Mardi Gras is over 180,000 tons. Oh, wow. It's the first ship on the water with a roller coaster. Um, and it also is the first American uh, I've, ship I've been on, on cruises
1: is, where I felt like I was on a roller coaster a couple times.
7: <laughs> can you imagine being on a roller coaster and in that would be awesome, actually? <laughs> <laughs> I would do that
1: in a heartbeat. So, Me
7: too. I'm, I'm on it. Um, but this ship, uh, the Mardi Gras, um, is also the first ship that is being powered by um, lng liquid natural gas oh wow so it's carbon footprint
6: remove their carbon footprint or lessen it
7: yes. they're very much uh that's going to be the future of cruise ships so this is the first one and uh i think royal has one coming out that's also an lng ship and um so we're booked in December on the Mardi Gras that's awesome dude. for seven nights and uh yeah we're, we're and we uh we're not doing a group cruise a lot of these travel groups like us will do a group cruise where we'll book a they'll book a big bunch of rooms like a block of
1: rooms i think they call it or something like that
7: We're not that big gotcha huh. we're we're little, gotcha compared to them guys but we, you know, we we've got somebody who uh, has already booked their trip to come along because they wanted to cruise with John and Sarah from Bella. That's awesome, and you know, I was like, "Okay, come along." <laughs> yeah,
6: we just let them know where we're going and if they want to join. I've, I've always so, been yeah, very curious about
1: these the big monster ships. You know, with that you know have the big atrium in the center of the ship, what's wide open. And, you know, and it looks like almost like a city or something. And because the cruise ships I've been on have been the larger ones, but not the monster-sized ones and everything. And it's, it's been our pretty next, amazing.
7: Our next three are all on the largest ships that are on the water right now. We we booked this one on the Mardi Gras in December. And we pushed – we have another one booked on the Royal Caribbean Symphony of the Seas. Which is the largest ship on the water? It's two hundred and thirty thousand tons. Wow,
6: that's Something. the one with Central Park in the middle. Yeah, the I've, yeah that's the one I
1: talk, I've seen the pictures of and everything. Yeah. It's yeah. just amazing. It has
6: the merry-go-round. It Has a zip
7: line. I'd be doing across that. The ship. So.
6: <laughs> and it has the uh, water, um, the water show, the aquatic. Oh, show. Oh yeah, the aquatic
7: show they, at the back where they have a. These people just diving, you know, 20, 30 feet.
6: In a pool this big, I swear. Yeah.
7: <laughs> and, and the ship's moving. I'm like, in you know, the time it takes for these, these people to get to the pool, the ship's moved. You know, something you know, like,
1: <laughs> They have to take that into effect because as they're in the air, the boat's moving. It's like,
7: yeah. <laughs> they're professionals. Oh, it's
1: pretty you know, amazing. But, to thought about Think about doing zip lining there because I've only been zip lining once and that was in Vegas when I did the uh, Fremont Street. And... It was awesome to do. And I would love to try doing zip lining on a boat or something like that.
7: Sitting down or Superman style?
1: Um, When I did it um, in Vegas, it was Superman style.
7: There you go. That's the way to do it.
1: So it was pretty cool the whole time. I had my arm out, you know, and I kept on humming "da da da da" and screaming oh, my yeah. lungs out. I think
7: <laughs> you're, a, you're a DC <laughs> Comics guy, right? Uh, of course, yeah. of course.
1: <laughs> look at my, roo- you know, look at my room. Come on, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's awesome to think about. But you know, cruises are cool. But what's going
7: on with the theme parks for now? Um, Disney just recently lifted the temperature checks when you enter the parks. Right. Uh, Now, masks are, it's really coming down to if you're in a crowded area, they always will recommend you wearing a mask. But when you're just walking in the parks now, they're relaxing that. Um, And I'm seeing that at Universal as well. Um, Locally here, uh, King's Dominion, uh, down in Richmond, Virginia, they they just opened.
6: Not well, full capacity,
7: though. No, they're not full capacity. None of them are, but they're they're getting there. They're they're going up. Um, Kings Dominion was was closed for the entire pandemic, and they just opened up uh, May twenty second, and it looks like um, they're start, Everyone's relaxing the rules a little bit. They opened the water park. The water park's open. Yeah,
1: so. Like for like, Kings Dominion or Disney or Universal, are they still asking people to make reservations to go into the park, or can people just show up?
6: Have to have a reservation in still. order
7: to control the, the the amount of people that are there at one time, they they are asking for reservations to try to keep that under control, and and it, it's really not not an issue. Uh, we a lot of friends that have. Uh, season passes down at Disney and, you know, if you put it in, if you know you're going to go the weekend, you put it in three, four days in advance, people aren't having the problems getting their reservations.
6: Cool. It's the fast pass that people are getting upset about. Oh, really? They don't. They they have less fast pass availability, so... They
7: took it away entirely at Disney. At
6: one point. Oh, yeah, wow. at one point they did. It's It's back now, but it's not, you know, they don't have as many fast passes, so that gets to be frustrating when you
1: have to wait in a line for ever oh sure i know out in california that they just reopened disneyland about a month ago and i think they just they're opening this next week actually the new avengers um land at the california adventure at disney
7: that will be there. Oh, it looks oh. awesome.
1: I've seen the grand I saw pictures from the grand opening and it's just like, "Oh, I've got to go. I've got to go." I, I,
7: I know I'm like you. I'm like I'm a Marvel guy. I've got to go there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. They're
1: eventually going to have it at Disney World, but I think it's a couple years off. They said. I don't want to wait that long. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, I know. I know. So that's pretty awesome. So I know, what about, um, with theme parks and such? Cause you know, school's ending for a lot of kids and everything like that. Um, what about like the parks, the, like the national parks and.
7: We're seeing things like that opening up around here. Um, you know, it's just kind of a common sense thing. You know, you got a bunch of kids together you just play it safe. You make, you know, mm-hmm. the kids wear a mask or something like that. If you got six of them in a row or on a merry-go-round or something like that, um, it, but no, I think things are starting to open up, and you're starting to see, um, you know, almost getting back to normal.
1: Right. I'm I'm like seeing the pictures like over Memorial Day, seeing places like Ocean City or Rehoboth, Virginia Beach atlantic city you know places up and down the east coast vegas yeah oh yeah exactly it's just
6: the city uh took
7: the masks away really yeah you, you can walk them it. down the boardwalk without a mask now yep
1: wow i know because i like mike just said vegas even you know vegas it's packed again you know it's like
7: oh yeah and you see i i had a trip booked in uh to vegas this past september, september. And, you know, I was going to go. We, were, we had a group of us uh, that were going to go. It was like 25 people. And it was people that were in the cruise community I hadn't met yet and really was looking forward to Going to take her to oldest it.
6: daughter because she wanted to go. She
7: wanted to go to Vegas. So I was going to take her with me. And then yeah, about a week beforehand, I, I got cold feet and I, I pulled the plug on it because at that time it was still wear masks outside and certain restaurants were closed. It was, it wasn't Vegas, but now things are starting to open up. Vegas is getting, you know, back to business. That's, I didn't want to take my daughter for her first time in Vegas <laughs> right. when it's not really Vegas. No,
1: you have to see Vegas in its full bloom for it to, Definitely. you know.
7: So now we'll reschedule the trip.
1: I have a trip scheduled that I have to take to Vegas. It's one of those things through Marriott. You know, if you come out, you know, pay $200. We were going to, we'll put you in one of our resorts for four days. And all you have to do is come to their timeshare meeting type thing. Hmm. And we're going to do it, you know, but we've had to keep on putting them off because of COVID and everything.
7: You know, it it really, as long as you know how to handle the sales, they're going to put, the pressure on they're gonna make it seem like the biggest bargain going anytime yeah yeah (laughs) you just gotta hold hold firm and say yeah i've got kids i'm putting through college this is not gonna happen give me my freebies and let me go Mm -hmm.
1: pretty much i appreciate you guys sending us out here i really really do (laughs) now we're gonna go on the strip see ya
7: We've done that in Cabo. Uh, we have a timeshare, actually, that we've owned in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, for, well, for about 13 years, 14 years? 14 years. That's yeah. not bad. Uh, we used to go out there for Sammy Hagar's birthday bash.
6: <laughs> That's
7: awesome. Um, and uh, so I figured, what well, you know, we'd go out there for the birthday bash. Let's look into... You know, getting something—it's so,
6: beautiful too. I mean, even so, if there's not a birthday bag, oh, it's gorgeous.
7: I, it is a beautiful place. We—it's we, our probably our favorite place on earth—is Cabo San Lucas, and uh, we're going in August. We haven't been for a couple years, and uh, so we have a um, a group trip, if you will, for sponsored by Bella Travel, and we uh, we have a few people that are going.
6: From the cruise um, community.
7: That are going to be staying at our resort, which is the uh, Via, Via del Arco. And it's right on um, the Sea of Cortez. Uh, it's, you it's can see the arch. Beautiful oh, resort. Wow. That's awesome. Um, yeah, highly recommend it. Um, it's it's all-inclusive, but the all-inclusive is different there. Um, a lot of people, I mean, the all-inclusives are the way to go. Uh, the all-inclusive here is elective. You can get the all-inclusive for... It has to be for consecutive days, but you can go as like three days all-inclusive. Because there's so much to do in Cabo, you don't really need to go all-inclusive for the entire you trip. You don't
6: have to stay on the resort.
7: Because you're going to go down to the marina, you're going to go to the clubs, you're going to eat the local fair. There's so much else. So,
6: And it's a safe place. I mean, when you go out of the resort, it's still safe. It's not
7: I've never felt unsafe in Cabo San We slept on the
6: streets. I mean, you got to think we slept on the streets. Oh, yeah. We
7: had to get our seats for the birthday (laughs) (laughs) bash. That's what we do. We slept on the sidewalk. That's awesome. I I drank tequila with Kenny Chesney's lead guitarist. That's awesome.
1: (laughs) That is very cool. So, yeah, you know, that's an amazing thing, you know, let's you know we touched on it real briefly because you know mexico's open again basically for tourism uh, what o- yeah what now, other countries
2: mexico as far as yeah mexico you're right mexico is open um and they're one of the few places that is open yeah uh dominican republic is open uh haiti is open America. um a lot of like a few other central american countries are open uh, but there are a lot of places that are closed, and there are some places that are open with restrictions. That's starting to happen. Right. Uh, the uh, Cuba, uh, the Bermudas, or the Bahamas, right?
7: Those are Bahamas are open with restrictions. Yeah. Um, uh, Turks and Caicos is starting to come back on now,
6: but it has some restrictions. Uh, they
7: still have restrictions. Um, they were allowing tourism, um, destination tourism, but they had denied the, the cruise ships. So, if you flew into
6: the
2: Turks and Caicos, you were fine. But yeah. same it. thing cool. with um, Jamaica. Jamaica, All right.
1: right. All right. That's cool. Don't think about going to Europe, though. Not yet.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, um, England, uh, the UK is is open with restrictions. But that's. And Italy is. But that's pretty much it. <laughs> Everything else is closed. Uh, uh, most. You
7: can go to Greece. You uh, <laughs> In, into Greece, right? That's restrictions. Um, you know, honestly, if you want to do the Mediterranean, just wait till cruising's open. Cruising's open. You can book a Mediterranean cruise right now, and you'll you start in Rome and just bit, bit, bit right through the islands, right there to uh, Greece and Athens, and and um, you can do that. Is, are uh, the it,
2: are the rates on that pretty favorable now, or is it pretty? Is, is it like normal rates expenses. Sarah's
1: making the face.
2: (laughs) They're not going
7: to be any bargains going to Greece. There was one recently that I had an offer to go and we were really tempted because the offer was they were going to include the airfare for one of the guests. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that was huge uh, because (laughs) it Quite honestly, that was most important and and most expensive part of the trip was just getting over to Italy to catch the ship. Yeah,
1: oh, yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure.
7: So we, I was very tempted to do it because I, there, there's heritage there for both of us. I'm Greek, and my kids, all of our kids, have uh, either Greek or Greek and Italian heritage, and so you know, we could cover both places on a cruise, mm-hmm. but, but that, you know, it's just a little bit too soon. Yeah. So we took a, took a hard pass on it.
2: Yeah. We
6: know?
7: yeah.
2: See, there's for, a, there's a lot of questions I would think in that area, especially with a lot of places, a lot of uh Europe uh being closed still uh everything going on with India. Um And yeah, so that's, that's kind of crazy. I right. Would think.
1: Cause I know like, asia is still iffy and i know yeah. like they they won't let us go to australia or new zealand right
2: now no, if we want to go see go we we can't go now no so go go won't let us in. Yeah. Golf. Go, go says no still. go exactly <laughs> yeah no new zealand no actually i feel bad uh japan i mean the olympics are going to happen next month but
1: they're telling people americans not to go
2: you can't go. They huh. are there. They haven't lifted the restriction. It's not open. It's closed. So I guess they're just letting I don't the know athletes what in. What they're going to do with that? Yeah, I guess they're just letting the athletes in, and everybody else is just going to have to watch it on TV.
7: Because yeah, I've been seeing American athletes are training. Oh yeah, you know, and and ready for the summer games. So it, it's just. I guess it's just going to be empty stadiums. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. sort of like what well, the NFL was Well, I mean, year.
2: I mean, I'm pretty sure you're going to see like, you know, I mean, I think Japan'll let their own people in the stadium. So, I mean, obviously yeah, they're going to they probably won't be empty empty, but uh yeah, I think they're going to yeah. let the the athletes we'll in. The
6: cardboard Americans in there. They'll
2: let or the or athletes do, like, in. WWE
1: does have the monitors, you
2: know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> you know, the cheapest uh, Olympics ever. 100. Um, but uh yeah, so that that is crazy. I, I saw that too. I thought that uh, that's weird that Japan is closed, but yeah, they are. Uh, they're still doing it.
1: So. Yeah, uh, f- our friend Christian, who runs the Legend of the Traveling Tardis podcast, has done gone to Universal Studios recently, and right in the entryway arch, since you know Universal owns NBC also. They basically have everywhere was all the banners for the Olympics coming in next month
2: mm-hmm.
1: and everything. So it's just like, you know, watch it on NBC. Heck out of it. Yeah. So it's it's happening,
7: folks. It's going to happen. It's just it's – I could have been – You know what you're used to
2: right it's just
6: what we've been doing for the last year exactly what we're used to right
2: there's there's yeah i don't i think it's going to be a while before the quote unquote new normal sets in because we're still in a transition this is all about a transition phase right well
7: like nascar i don't know how many racing people uh are on your uh your channel but nascar um, <laughs> they're, they've just completed their last limited capacity race. So starting next week, um, they have their all-star race in Texas next week, and it's going to be full capacity. Everybody's—I mean, it's going to be a hundred thousand people in the stands. Wow. The—I
2: um, mean, the baseball stadiums are already pretty much. I mean, also, be obviously depends on state to state. Because it's still a little different, uh, but I know that you know. Um, for this whole month, uh, the Braves uh, have opened up uh, full capacity, and it's been packed there, and no masks, no nothing. So I mean, it's it's. I mean, you got a lot of people together uh, in that event environment. Now it's outside. I don't know if they're doing the same thing for. Uh, indoor arena shows yeah. I, see that's I, what I, I loved about
1: going to um, Mariner games when I lived in Seattle we were practicing social distancing years before it was popular <laughs> and it yeah. really, you guys were social distancing yourself
2: from the team well
1: kind of sort of, right but of the game.
2: <laughs> and other fans
1: exactly that's why you know every opening day in Seattle we always used to say well always next year <laughs> so it was always good
7: They've been saying that in Baltimore for years now. So. That's true.
1: That is very, very true. But it, it's interesting because, you know, concerts are starting up. A lot of the big music festivals like Bonnaroo and Coachella and, you know, others like that are putting off to or doing smaller versions in the fall. But they're not doing big, big music festivals like, you know, the 100,000 and such that they would or over 200,000 people that they would have at Bonnaroo over, you know, the couple days in Tennessee, they've, you know, pushed that off till next year, but they're going to do like smaller versions and such.
7: Oh well, yeah. I mean, like I hate, I keep going back to Sammy Hagar, but they're touring right now. Um, and they just wrapped up a few dates in Florida. And what they did was they, they sectioned off the the lawn seats into groups like the with, with, uh, they're calling them
1: pods basically pods, yeah exactly yeah we're doing yeah, we're going and, to uh, a concert on saturday up in tennessee and they're it's usually the, the place we go is usually it's called uh bluegrass underground and it's it's in caverns but it's just not bluegrass they just call it that and it's all underground but because of the pandemic they've built stages above ground and they've broken the the seating areas the field into pods either by f- six people four people or two people pods and each pod is six, is socially distanced six feet apart and everything so you know you and you basically
7: here to be very successful from what i oh, saw very
1: much so i'm gonna be very curious to see what it's like
7: mm-hmm.
1: and everything it's going to be our first concert in a year and a half. So.
7: You're on this podcast that yeah, you saw on Boys. Yes. <laughs> but
6: it was with my daughter, so. Well, but they were in pods, well, too. Yeah,
1: so exactly. And, you know, a lot of bands are just itching to get out because this is where they make their money is on tour because they don't make really a ton of money from CDs and stuff. They make money by touring and then doing merchandise because they, they get more of it than the record company gives them and such.
7: And honestly, because of the way the music business is handled um, nowadays, the you know, LPs, you don't just go out and buy an LP anymore. Uh, everything's digital and, and, and mostly free uh, that you can just get <laughs> off of uh, the Internet. Um, touring is huge for, for yeah. musical acts. Touring
2: and merch and, and the VIP experience, that's where they make their money now. That's it anymore yep. for them. That's so... how we
1: got to meet Weirdo. You know.
2: um, and and then I guess lastly, and I don't know how much you guys know about this, but obviously uh, Mike and I and our a lot of our listeners do. I mean, as far as uh, you know, traveling for you know comic conventions and pop culture conventions is a big deal for us. Um, uh, there, the big, the biggest one of the year, San Diego and New York. I think both of those are off the table uh, this year, um, but um, you know. In our own backyard, Dragon Con, which usually, you know, at its height has 85 to 90,000 people in it. um, You know, they've decided to go forward as far as right now. So exactly what all the restrictions are going to look like, we don't know yet. But that's going to happen in Atlanta. I know some other shows uh, are happening before then. Um, July is... Last weekend. August is the uh, Atlanta Comic Convention, which usually gets a few thousand people um but Boston Comic Con. But look what um uh, uh,
1: Mark Maddox with us last weekend was in WonderCon down in Florida. Yeah, but those
2: are those are smaller shows. I'm talking about the big like ten thousand, twenty thousand, forty thousand people shows um that we're getting, you know, like uh, the Boston Fan Expo would get like, you know, uh sixty to eighty thousand people as well. Um and that's gonna happen. They moved that to Labor Day weekend, so that's gonna happen the same weekend as DragonCon. So, and uh, there's been talk about other shows happening August and, and such, so it's going to be crazy to see, um, interesting to see how many of those more go or if Dragon Con's is going to be the big show this year.
1: It's the big show yeah, every yeah. year. Come on. Yeah.
2: No, but I mean, <laughs> the biggest show. I mean, usually it's not even in the top five of biggest comic conventions in the country. Oh, um,
7: no. Uh, East Coast Comic Con that was held in New Jersey a few years ago. We attended um, because it was the 50th anniversary of the original Erwin Allen's Lost in Space. All right. Nice. Um, so we went up there as I I grew up with Lost in Space. It was just, you know, huh. that was it for me. And um, they had the robot up there and they had the chariot that someone had built. And the, the entire living cast, aside from June Lockhart, um, uh, was there. Um, and, uh, so, you know, we went up and now that, that, as it turns out, that was the very last East Coast Comic Con that,
2: uh, I've heard that they will hold, um, Mm -hmm. They actually, I, I was mistaken. I'm sorry. New York Comic Con is going to happen. Yes, yeah, October 7th through the 10th, and they will be in person. So that's the schedule. Is that uh, they're still like Dragon Con, working out the details, but they do plan on happening having that.
1: Still at the Jarvis Center. They had too. something
7: this past weekend. Uh, a friend of ours locally, uh, it was was invited to go um, because he does a fantastic spot on impression of Doctor Smith. Um, and so he was invited to go. And the, there's a uh, a club that builds life-size replicas of the Lost in Space robot B9. And uh, they had a, a convention this past weekend. And uh, I think Judy Robinson, uh, Marta Kristen, uh, from the original show, she was there. And uh, so they're having it. It's it. it this was they're smaller. It's just smaller, but it was well attended. And um you know it's encouraging
2: it is uh it is encouraging you know we all want to get sort of back to where things were we want to go to do things we want to interact um just to wrap up um we're we're getting ready to wrap up and and just so real quick um John and Sarah, throw out a, just like real quick some real quick tips that you have for people who are interested in in doing something now like what what should they keep in mind um and where can they go?
7: Do your research. Um, and go on to YouTube and there's a plethora of videos of people that are in the travel industry that can give you the latest details on what's safe, what's not, what's popular at this time, what, where the travel industry is headed. There's, there's just a tremendous amount of information right there on YouTube. Um, I I highly recommend going and spending some time and just checking those out. Um, And use a travel agent. Don't really, honestly, you can go on websites and you can book it yourself. Travel agents are free. They get paid by the resort or the cruise uh, cruise line. line, And they're wonderful.
6: If there's price drops, they can apply it where you wouldn't think to Follow up and do that. Or if there's you,
7: upgrades you go, available and stuff like that, right. exactly. And they 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 monitor that for you, and can help you where that's concerned. Use a travel agent. there, these people have been hurting for over a year right yeah. now, and they need they need the support too. And it's it's well earned because it's a fantastic industry, uh, and these people are right in touch with uh, the latest. Um, as far as what's available out there and how to pull it off. If you, if you several destinations, you want to try to coordinate it. You got to go with a travel agent. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool.
2: Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, It's been, it's been fun to talk about this and going forward. um, You know, I'm get, I'm itching, I'm itching to go somewhere. So uh, thanks for your input. We really appreciate it. Having us, It's been wonderful. We've really had a blast. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we will be right back and we will get creative.
0: Michelle here with an iconic rock talk show moment, and as life gets kind of back to normal in the U.S., and we're thinking about doing stuff we used to do, one of those is live music. Now, the Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett and the Blackhearts tour has been bumped back again to June of next year, but Alanis Morissette, Garbage, and Liz Fair are going out this August through October at uh, arenas and amphitheaters in the United States, then they're hitting Europe from the end of October through November. Uh, You can check out those dates at Alanis.com. Now, if you're feeling really confident and you want to get out at a festival with thousands of your fellow fans, nowhere better to start than the Austin City Limits Music Festival. That's October 1st through 3rd and 8th through 10th. The top names are George Strait, Billie Eilish, Stevie Nicks, Miley Cyrus, Rufus DeSoul, DeBaby, and Erica Badu. They've got dozens, dozens, dozens more. Uh, Megan the Stallion, Doja Cat, Greta Van Fleet, St. Vincent, Band of Horses, so much more. Uh, you can check out that at ACIFestival.com. And in new music, Perry Farrell has released a new single that sounds pretty good called Men. That's with his Kind Heaven Orchestra project. Uh, It was co-written by Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters, who plays on it, alongside Elliot Easton from the Cars, and David Bryan from Bon Jovi. And uh, some kind of old news I found out a couple of weeks ago. I've been saving it to pass along, but we owe a tribute and a salute to Lou Ottens, who passed away in March at the age of 94 at his home in the Netherlands. Okay, you say. I'll bite. Who's that? Lou Ottens revolutionized how we experienced recorded music because he was the inventor of the audio cassette tape in 1963. Uh, He always knew it would be obsolete one day. He also worked on the team that developed the CD. He was all about music technology and making music available to people. So thank you, Lou Ottens, and rest in peace. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show Moment. You can check out the blog at iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com and also at esonetwork.com. We'll catch you next time. Welcome
6: to Dr. Geek's Laboratory.
2: Hello, everyone. Dr. Geek here with a shout-out to all the scientists who worked tirelessly to bring a
7: COVID-19 vaccine into reality. (laughs) Let's face it. Creating something of this magnitude is a miracle worthy of Dr. McCoy himself. And now, Doctor Geek needs you to do your part. Remember, each shot is one small step back to normal, one giant leap to putting the pandemic behind us. We can do this. For more information, visit vaccines.gov to find your nearest provider.
1: And now for the creative outlet segment, we are joined by a dear friend. God, he's—we've known him for almost ten years now. It's like it's pretty crazy. Let's welcome back to the show, J.R. Mounts.
2: Hey man, how you guys doing? Howdy, sir. Welcome back to the station. Thanks, man. It's been too long. It has been yeah, way to too long, dude. Yeah, but yeah. We're now the station is now open. It's COVID-free, so yes. So welcome back. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. No, it looks it's like you this time productively.
1: Exactly. You know.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: This time okay. you actually have something to promote, not just like, "Hey, yeah, I'm going to hang out with you guys." <laughs>
2: yeah oh and talk over
4: everybody i'm i've been trying to like calm myself like don't talk it'll get out it will get out
1: it will get out my friend just remember that you know <laughs> that in riddle and Ritalin always helps it's a per-
4: it's a perfect <laughs> yeah so what do you yeah, got like-
1: going on i've I'm really excited because we've talked about the pickle. We've talked about snow bees. We've talked about the wonderful story you did with the veteran and the alien, which was was awesome. So what do you have for us now?
4: Now I've got uh, my first art book collection of these just drawings that came to me about a year, about August of 2019. I was looking for yet another thing to draw. And this image came to me that uh, I thought would be useful. And just it just spoke to me, and then uh, another idea came out, another good idea. It's these shadow characters that's one single image with uh, uh, an action in the foreground and shadows in the background. Two different stories are going on at once, and I call it The Shadows of Ourselves. And uh, I started with one image just for the hell of it. Uh, just uh, I was at a convention with way too much time on my hands, and I wanted to create something artistic because yeah you're right I've done the Stombies, I've done the fried pickle noir night silver line has kind of kicked off that I wanted to draw something that maybe said something that spoke something and made a connection with people other than just the funny bone and uh I, I wanted that Norman Rockwell moment that Will Eisner moment and but I you know I, I draw the way I draw I paint the way I paint so I thought you know how could I say anything prophetic but uh, the shadows of ourselves came, and, and it was just one of those things. I'm very happy that after a year and a half's time, I've been able to collect all the pieces into an art book, and found that they do tell a story of just being human. You know, all of our foul, uh, fouls, our failures, and our our, our 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 mistakes, and the things we should say, the things we want to say, and sometimes they're funny, and sometimes sometimes they're a little uh, a little heartbreaking. But uh, they're they're all real. uh,
1: They are really beautiful. And this was what I saw two years ago. I haven't seen, you know, (laughs) a lot of the recent stuff. too.
4: Yeah, there was a lot of stuff I'm very, uh, well, you all know when when the pandemic hit, everything shut down. I was supposed to come out with this book a year ago. And uh, I'm glad I didn't because more pieces came out within uh, the the time of the pandemic. You know, when you react to certain things that you see in life. And I found that more people related to some of these pieces now. So I'm very excited to show a lot of things that people haven't seen before. Um, and I, for me, it's just—it's—I feel like it's the first important work I've done. Something that I was lucky enough to be a catalyst for. That's way beyond my skill.
1: <laughs> no, well, for people who can't picture what you know, Jr. is talking about. If you're ever <laughs> were a fan of Mad Magazine, Sergio <laughs> yeah, Aragona. Okay. Used to do something very similar, but in really small size, in the little in the margins of the book. And JR's taking taken it to the next level, which is really awesome.
4: I actually make mention of Sergio Aragonés because I had it was a year before someone said, "Oh, that's like that shadow thing that Sergio Aragonés does." And I'm like, "The hell are you!" Oh crap! And then it, <laughs> it hit me. I'm like, because I love... He called it "Only the Shadow Knows," mm-hmm. and it was one of those moments. I thought. I have to look through every one of my pieces. Did I rip something? I was afraid I ripped him off. i was afraid I was channeling something I thought was mine, and it's it's not a new art style. But what I liked about his is he made me laugh about the most ludicrous things about like what people might be thinking, and that that I mean that etched in my brain for some reason. It just and I hadn't thought about that for years. And I went, went through all my Sergio stuff. I don't have any of it yet. It made such an impression, and when that art style when i found that that art style to use two stories tell one uh, it actually it fit my art style it fit the cartoony art style even though i'm i'm drawing these characters that are a little soft on the eyes the stories themselves can be a little tough and the messages that they that they are conveying in both the foreground and the background uh, they might be in conflict with one another but i found i found that was interesting and as an artist i think I go with what interests me and then we work from there. And I had no, I had no idea what the reaction it was going to get till Dude, I Dude, You've
2: the taken it time.
1: to the next level. It's pretty darn awesome.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we always knew that, you know, certainly you didn't know how to hold back when it came to a pun. <laughs> uh, but what's, what's amazing to me is that, you know, with this powerful work, I mean, you, this stuff is, this stuff is honest. This stuff is brutally honest at times. It's intense and um and yeah, you're right it is it is funny, but it's really like a, it's an emotional roller coaster i mean, I have literally seen you at shows, and people have seen this work and and broken out in tears um and uh, it's yeah. that's it's very powerful stuff um it's be, and it's because it's because you don't hold back uh you you're you know you're completely honest about uh this work and i mean that's that's what it's about, right
4: yeah, And you can uh, keep on going. Uh, it's limitless what you can possibly do. I, the only reason why it's in one collection now is because I had to stop myself at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but there's I, what I find is that these are about real people. These are people that, like you saw it, Mike, when you were at DragonCon, that was the first time I rolled them out. And I was just trying to show people the next phase of my art that I was actually, I was kind of digging on, but I only had about 20, 25 pieces at the time. But to see somebody, I had come back from I don't know, just going to the bathroom or something and my buddy was watching my table. He says, You need to talk to this person right here. And I turned around, I said, Can I help you? And that they just hugged me and they just started crying and bawling. And I thought, maybe you like, did I hurt your feelings or something? What did I do? And they had said that they had seen my pieces and it affected them. And I had asked, Well, which can I ask which one? Because I had to make sure like, was it hurting anybody? You know, uh, or was it one piece that was a little too strong? And they just said that, you know, they'd seen so many of them that touched them, that they saw themselves in these stories. And I hadn't pictured that. I hadn't, I was just trying to draw stories about interesting scenarios about people, because I find people have such great stories to tell. And talking to this person kind of told me that I have a bit of a responsibility to this art. And that's why some of the pieces don't hold back. And I explained some of that in the book that these pieces come out of me because I feel them. And as I feel them, they affect me too. When I, when I, when I draw these images, I'm the first one to be angry or to laugh or to start crying just because some of these pieces are very uh, emotional. And I told them because I just feel that some of these haven't been represented before. Or, or they're interesting artistically and this happened to a friend of mine, or this is my story, or that maybe someone could be helped with this. And I, that's what I'm very grateful about.
1: That is awesome, man. So tell us about the Kickstarter. We've got to wrap this up soon. So
4: Okay. All right. Well, the Kickstarter is uh, going to be happening this Saturday, June 12th. It's going to run until August 10th because I've got three conventions in that time. Um, and basically I'm shooting to print the minimum, uh books from this really good printer in alpharetta called book logics uh they did an amazing job on a book i did for my wife just as a gift and uh, knowing what they could do with this book uh it's worth the money for me to spend a little extra to make a better book so i'm going to be kicking it off and i'm just going to print whatever i can if i can get to the minimum then we're a go i get 50 copies if we print more i'll print more but um uh because I don't really know what the reaction is going to be on this. I'm hoping I make the Kickstarter and uh, it's going to run for 57 days straight and uh, it'll be uh, hardcover and soft cover and go from there.
1: <laughs> awesome, man. We will have a link up to it once it goes live and everything for our show notes. So Thanks, people man. could find it. We're going to promote the hell out of it for you, dude. <laughs>
4: well, Thank you, man. Well, no, thank you. I need all the help I can get, as you can tell from this crap. Package. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: we've known that for years, dude. But, you know, yeah, really, of course. Of course. JR, <laughs> thanks for joining us tonight.
4: Thanks, guys. I appreciate that, Mike. Let's take a quick break
1: and we will close up the show.
6: Everyone these days could use a little support. And your friends at the ESO Network are no different
1: that's going to wrap up another episode of the earth station one podcast. I want to thank our guests for being here from Bella travel and adventures, Sarah and John. Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight.
6: Thanks for having us.
1: It was, it was a lot of fun and you guys were a wealth of information. We probably could have kept on going for another two hours. It was absolutely, a lot of fun.
7: absolutely. We, we really would love to do this again. If uh, you would have us again,
1: yeah, maybe like um, towards winter time, we might revisit this. I think that might be a lot of fun to do something like this. Um, so, how can people find you guys, and you know, if people want more information on travel and such.
7: I have a Facebook group, uh, and uh, it is Bella Travel uh, Commonwealth is what it, the Facebook group is called, um, and then uh, we have a YouTube channel as well, and that is the full name Bella Travel. And adventures, a and d adventures. Um, the the YouTube channel is is just getting kicked off. Not a whole lot of content, but uh, it's coming. And um, we um, we can be found on uh, most of the, the popular media platforms: Instagram, Twitter, that, YouTube, that kind of stuff. Um, the travel agency is uh, is coming along. We're, um, we're working on our certifications so we can start booking cruises, but we can book land travel and uh, destination travel. Um, we're Expedia uh, travel agents, licensed and all that stuff.
1: And Some of the uh, best people out there to
7: do that with too. And there's a lot of competition out there, but there's, there's a lot of good people. And so uh, it's a passion. We enjoy doing it. And, uh, and if we can help somebody, uh, make their trip, trip, just a little smoother, uh, put them onto something that they might not have known about. That's what we love to do. That is
1: awesome. We'll have links up to your stuff up on the show notes. So people will be able to find you guys. And thank you again for joining us. Have good- and Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend we did and as always it's my pleasure anything you want to shout out about sir
2: uh i do i gotta give a shout out look uh there's a, a comic creator writer uh art illustrator that um uh first got to my attention over 10 years ago just guy doing a canadian guy doing uh independent books and uh caught my eye and i followed his career ever since and i i swear today if you ask me who the best writer of uh, comics is right now it's Jeff Lemire. And uh, I just finished reading uh, one series that he did called Gideon Falls, which is the most, it's the creepiest, most horrifying book I've ever read in my entire life. Um, And yet uh, he writes another series right now, which is called Ascender, which is the, one of the most spectacular science fiction epics I've read in my entire life. He's so versatile um, but I am really happy for him because for the first time, one of his creations has come to the screen and uh, uh, is is a hit now. I've watched the first four episodes of Sweet Tooth on Netflix and uh, it's great stuff. Um, I only have read the first volume of uh, Sweet Tooth. So I'm, I'm sort of familiar with it. Um, it, it is, uh, it can get pretty dark in the comic. It looks like the, the, The Netflix show, the series is a little bit more family friendly, but very uh, it it has all the character, uh, all the characteristics of something great by uh, this writer. Um, Great characters, uh, some scenes that you won't forget, some imagery. um, And uh, I guess I think it's produced by Robert Downey Jr. And and, his wife. uh, wife. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's become a hit on Netflix, which is good to see. Uh, So um, I'm happy for Jeff because uh you know he he deserves this kind of attention hopefully more of his creations will see the screen big small whatever um but uh this is a good start and uh and yeah if you haven't checked out sweet tooth go ahead and check it out it's a it's a weird kind of post apocalyptic tale but it, it's, uh, it's got some good characterization in it, and it's been pretty interesting so far. It's
1: been amazing on Netflix. Judy and I watched the first episode last night, and that was actually going to be my shout-out. So well, you can still do oh, it. No, I'm shouting out about it. I'm raving about it. It was really awesome. Judy was there with her jaw on the floor pretty much the whole time. And she just, we have got done watching the first episode, and she just looked at me and said, This was incredible it was that good and it it was it's a great story it's heartfelt and like you said it's nowhere near as dark as the comic is and so, so far. far
2: i mean i don't know where it's going but i've um, uh, i've heard some folks
1: i've talked to who've watched the whole the whole 8 episodes
2: yeah it's rated tv 14 so i doubt it's going to get too dark although you know i'm still getting over the oompa loompa thing so um we know uh from back in the day so um i look i think um i think it's good stuff uh the kid they got playing gus is amazing he's great uh so yeah check it out if you haven't already it's number one on netflix so it's not it's pretty easy oh it's very it'll be like when you come up it'll
1: be the first preview you see probably when it loads and definitely check it out. Also, if you get a chance, we also finished the series shadow and bone and also a great, great series to watch. If you like, you know, stuff like what they have on HBO, um, with the nevers, or you like stuff like the X-Men or you like stuff, game of Thrones. It's, it's a fantasy world where people have powers And, but there's also, and there's some very interesting stuff. I don't really want to go into it because I don't want to even spoil the first episode because some big stuff happens right away in the show. And, you know, it's, it's only eight episodes also. And they just announced today of all times that they've, they're coming back for season two. So, you know, which is really awesome. This is also based off of a series of books, not any comics. So definitely check it out. Um, Shadow and Bone is a lot, a lot of fun. So that is going to wrap up our episode for tonight. Uh, we will be back again next week, and next week, oof, Darren is back, and this is going to be a <sighs> real heavy one. We're talking about an- oh, angels in America. We are going to be talking about the HBO. Sp- Show, show of it, but it was also a play for many years. It was a Broadway play and, you know, it's just it's a real heavy one so be prepared to bring your handkerchiefs, folks. Because, you know, it's going to be a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. And of course, as we like to always say, we'd love to hear from you. So please write us feedback at esonetwork.com or feedback at earthstation1.com is also a great way to comment and talk to us and let us know what you guys think but as always thanks for listening to the earth station one podcast we're powered by nsc you can find them at nsclivetv.com. remember you could also find earth station one wherever fine podcasts are found including now amazon music Please subscribe and tell all of your friends about us. Yeah, we're not too proud to beg on this show. You know you've, know, you've been listening long enough that we will beg for anything. And if it means begging for listeners, please, please tell everybody about us. We're not that beyond that. On behalf of myself, Mr. Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon... John Burroughs and Sarah Burroughs. Thank you guys so, so much for joining us. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you here next time on the Earth Station One podcast. Stay safe. Hug your loved ones. Please get vaccinated, guys. This is what we're all about. If you get vaccinated, we're all going to be able to go out and have fun this summer. Until then, peace, and we are out of here. Boom. We're done. Yay. You've been listening to the EarthStation Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. You become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done.
0: This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping at the Tee Public store